I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's that, Barry? You're turning into a werewolf? Oh, that's terrible. Well, you sound quite happy about it, if I'm right in translating you. Oh, see, now you're one of the underrepresented communities and you can get funding to help make films that you've always wanted to with the help of Her Film Project. Why not follow at Her Film Project or go to herfilmproject.com. They sponsor this podcast and if... You don't go there and follow them. They might stop and then everyone will be killed. Bye, Barry. <laughs> yes, right, Barry. You're like, uh, they're bumholes too. Uh, right, but uh, listen, Barry. You're going to have to go off and kill someone now. I need to do this. It's, it's time for this. Hello, listeners. It's 2018. I don't feel very well. Everyone's probably ill. If you aren't ill by now, you probably will be ill by the end of this podcast. And if you stop listening at any point, you definitely will become ill. That is the threat. For new listeners, that's the way it's going to be. Just low-level threats throughout the podcast, combined with mine, to talk about film. Today, I went to the cinema with my friend Vicky O'Connell. Hello, Vicky. Hi. And... We went to my local cinema, the Crouch and Pitch House. Uh, nice cinema. It's a lovely cinema. What's your favourite cinema in the world? Oh, it's got to be um, the one in Finchley, the Phoenix. The one that Mark Commode goes on about the oh, whole time. Probably, yeah. It's seen... a lovely cinema. Have you seen what's so nice about it? The seats are really comfortable and it is just one screen, one wonder. And years and years ago when the League of Gentlemen released the League of Gentlemen film, which perhaps wasn't that great, yeah. um, but the staff went to the most amazing lengths. We had a preview and all, the th- all three of the League of Gentlemen actors were there. They did like a Q&A, film, a Q&A thing after the film. And um, so all the characters were there, and it was really fantastic. All of the staff dressed up as characters from the film and from Royston Vasey, and they put so much effort into it, and it was brilliant. This was before the refurb. But now they've got a lovely cafe. You can get a nice piece of cake and a gin and tonic and just sit in the, in the cinema and enjoy the film. It's brilliant. I love it. That's the one thing I've got to say about, uh, as I noted, Stuart, as we left our cinema. So it's not my voice breaking. <coughs> it's me being more, a little bit ill, but not, not, I'm not making a thing about it is the mums with prams have taken over my cinema. Oh, God, yeah. You had to kick a pram down the stairs. I had to, to kick away. a pram down the stairs and pull a baby away from its mother's breast <laughs> a 
and smash and well, I'd rip a spine out. <laughs> I know it seemed extreme, but if you don't, you have to get out. Yeah. Well, like that when that cinema first started, it was fine. And then she, one mother and a baby comes along. Yeah. Where I live in Crouch End, I've been there for about since two thousand and one, and it's been taken over by rich people. Um, who's sort of really posh, posh wives, and maybe that's their own husbands, maybe, mm. uh, litter every single cafe up with huge prams. Yeah, like the big, the massive ones, like off-road wheels. People who, who buy Range Rovers and only ever live in cities. Yeah, and then have range, mini Range Rovers as a buggy for their children. But it is a nice cinema, but you're right, it was kind of taken over... When we when we left anyway, with lots of um, I hate the phrase yummy mummies. Well, that, they were those, though. Weren't well, they? that's what people call them because I guess they're yummy. <laughs> Let's talk about the film. Yeah. So we went to see um, Molly's Game. Did you know anything about this film before? No, and I. It's weird because looking at the trailer, it's certainly a film that I probably wouldn't have gone to see, but I really enjoyed it. Can you, because this is the bit I'm really bad at, describe what it's about? It's weird because I'm not very intellectual, these things, but there were definitely feel, themes within the film that kind of jumped out at me. Um, I mean, that, that is already... You, you, you've gone beyond the normal level of intellectualising <laughs> by saying the word themes we don't use. Okay. We, we like to refer to that as stuff happening in it. Oh, OK. Well, I'll talk about some stuff happening in it. But So Molly's Game, it's about a girl called Molly Bloom. Yes. And she started off her life as, uh, like, a championship Olympian, almost. The whole first, what, 20 minutes was about her trying to well, be... Tim, that, the start is brilliant. The start is really good. It really kind of... It was so tense. It was so well done. It was really exciting. And it made me think, I just want to be on a piste. Yeah, she's... It does freestyle skiing. And mm. it's just... She's... You're at her Olympic qualification. Yeah. And then you to see what happens, but we won't tell you what happens. No, but it's really exciting. It's yeah. so well done. I think because it's it's her telling the story and really giving a background of of her as a character. Would you think like her as a person? Because it is the film is about her, and it's a lot of it's kind of going back in time, obviously. So you yeah not flashbacks as such, but she's telling the story. Yeah, so she's played by Jessica Chastain, who has the most beautiful makeup. I think she's really beautiful, but I do think she had great hair and lovely makeups throughout the whole thing. Because in previous films. She's quite doesn't really wear. Them. I've seen her in things like um, was it Zero Dark Thirty, where she yeah. doesn't really wear makeup. Mm. And in this, I thought, you know, she does look quite glamorous at times. She looked gorgeous. I mean, she had to be glamorous. Outfits the... were incredible. Yeah, amazing tits. I mean, yeah, she so got uh, literally. I didn't know there were that many outfits you could buy to get your tits out. <laughs> in. She had them all. She's got incredible rack. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't doubt that. You were just thinking. You, I mean, no what. It was just constant, yeah, constant, rack. constant knockers. <laughs> tits, tits, tits. You know, actually, you just see, you know, it's just rather than the, you don't see the whole. I mean, I, I, let's not but go into this. I thought she was brilliant. I thought she's a really good actress. It was really good. You're really on her side. So what happens? So she, so she basically um, starts life in California after sort of leaving her, uh, getting away from her really oppressive sort of strict father played yes. by Kevin Costner oh yeah he was great and Kevin Costner's actually got a personality in this film yes he's really good it makes you think she stopped yeah, growing a personality in his 50s from somewhere Kevin Costner's personality arrived yeah <laughs> 
I really liked him. Again, I thought the cast was great. Really good. Mm. And then she, she starts, and she gets into running poker games. That's what the whole story's mm. about. And it's not really spoilers that, that she's arrested by the FBI because there's lots of... Now, you see, that's the whole... There's a large chunk of the film that I really went over my head, but it was engaging enough for me to stick with it, and it was exciting, even though I know nothing about poker. It is quite detailed and quite... Um, you know, you sort of... Perhaps you'd get more enjoyment out of that bit, out of quite a big chunk of it, if you know a lot about poker. I do know a lot about poker, and I used to play a lot of poker, mm. and I've played some tournaments where there are sort of these weirdos and things like that. Mm. And it is one of the dullest... People are so dull Mm. and so boring, and there's no glamour in it. It's just... um, Sweaty men. Yeah, so uh, almost autistic sort of men who earn lots of money gambling. And when you're doing that and you're skint, you think, I can't lose this, Mm. because all you do it as a... Why did it when I was doing well in comedy? I got invited to a couple of thin poker dudes where they go, "Oh, mm. you can go." There's a comedian on your table, and that'll be the thing. And it was really boring. And if you've ever been to poker clubs as well, really horrible, weird sort of bravado, mm. and it's glamorised a bit in this. But but that's that's what I mean when I say themes because there is there is a thing. It did strike me about you know addiction. There's quite a lot there about addiction and about money and about greed and. You know, the power thing, I thought was really interesting. But mm. that goes back to the director, Aaron Thingy. Yeah, so... Because he's very much... He does films, doesn't he? That are, Aaron Sorkin is yeah. the writer and director who's famous, really, for doing The West Wing, um, which made which is basically people walking down cor- corridors talking. He also did sort of a money ball, which I quite liked, social network... See, Aaron Sorkin, I feel quite cold towards his stuff. Really? He did a social network, which I thought was... Mm. Didn't really... T- and then he did Steve Jobs, which I started watching with my brother. And it was just so much talking and people walk doing this sort of weird business-type talk. And I thought... I just think, do you know what? Fuck off, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> and I just think he's overrated. I mean, it's fine. He's, he's just like... You know, but the, then that's his genre, I guess. Maybe that's why he... Because he, it was very detailed. And that's what I mean about the poker thing. If you don't know about poker... It's quite hard to follow. There are lots of even, things. But even then, it's not that in, it wasn't that interesting. As a my problem with, I don't really like that scene. And the people, I, the people I don't like in society are, and most people, but yeah. particularly criminals, sure, lawyers, sure, and businessmen. Mm. This is pretty much about all of those. <laughs> they are the key characters in it. So I found. Although uh, Jessica Chastain is very en- engaging and quite a cold character, I thought I don't find I don't really like her because she is a bit of a spoiled brat, and I don't like any of the people in it. They just reminded me of people I've met mm. who are just all just sort of yeah, hear business that were proper businessmen talk occasionally, um, or people, people, yeah. people are getting your train, they talk too loudly on their phones, yeah, and you just think you're a bunch of bellends. <laughs> Rich people have got who own all the money and buy up all the houses, so poor people can't like me can't do anything. I know, but that's that's another theme, you know, the whole rich rich people thing. And she, she kind of says that she totally knew that, 
it's not just about uh it, well it's, it is about this thing of winning and greed and accumulating wealth and um you know you could really see the parallels of her former career as a, a potential olympian athlete and you know being so driven and you know not being weak and being a winner and winning at anything actually and doesn't even know what it is that she wants to win at but just being the best and most successful she can be and I just that was a really interesting sort of thing with the whole power thing and maybe you know it is it is mentioned about the whole you know gender thing as well yeah that and, it is know, powerful men and that that totally it piqued my interest because I was like oh yeah yeah man it's true. For me, the most interesting scenes, I thought the best scene, was with, with, with her and Kevin Costner and that father-daughter relationship. I cried. Yeah, I almost cried at the mm. end. It was a really sad scene. And Kevin Costner is brilliant. Yeah. Idris Elba's good in it as well, but I do, I, I do think he's a bit of a bellend. But he's great. He's really good. He plays a lawyer in it, sort of, the earnest lawyer. I don't The problem is with these biopic-type things, it did seem... I mean... They basically made the story was that it was written by Marty Bloom and Aaron Sorkin, so she helped write it. Mm. But she was pretty much there was a nods to her being involved in sort of having doing drug addicts and drug addictions, but she was pretty whiter than white for a lot of it. I thought. Yeah, but then I think maybe that's you know that you have to get on side with Jessica Chastain playing that character, and I did. You know, I did. I warned her, and I thought, yeah, well, she's a, you know. I think she's all right. And, but, yeah, she wasn't... The whole drug thing... I don't know, because it wasn't as if she ever had a big downfall. That wasn't... Of, yeah. Not until the end, obviously, but in terms of her drug addiction, that obviously didn't get in the way of the things that she was achieving because she was functioning. Like many doctors and very, you know, high professionals, they do function on lots of drugs. And that's the same with gambling and that addiction, isn't it, really? You know, cool. people... Think of city boys and their cocaine and their gambling and their drinking. That goes on for quite a long time, and then maybe they crash out. But it's probably the same with all the people that were around that poker table. They're paying for. They're playing for. You know what? In the end, hundreds of thousands of pounds, yeah. of dollars, and they're you know drinking all the best booze and they're probably having lots of drugs. I wish people got to this podcast. <laughs> they won't. Oh. oh. Um. It's two hours and 20 minutes. Oh, too long. It was too long. By a long a way. A long way. It could be a box set, I guess. But I, but it still did sustain my interest. I mean, I saw Dream Girls. Well, girls, not girls. Dream Girls. I saw Dream Girls. Go, see, go, go, go. <laughs> Probably not. I'm going to go down at the roller disco and go and watch Dream Girls. Go and get some fish and chips and go... Yeah, go and see Dream Girls. Girl, I'm going to get fish and chips. I could be back in the morning to see the milkman come. <laughs> I saw Dreamgirls um, three times, and it's the worst film I've ever seen. Oh, apart from White House Down, which is on the other night. Is this an addiction, oh, Dreamgirls? It could be, but what I'm saying is that... In fact, I think I saw them on planes and things. I couldn't get, I couldn't get out of it. Why did you, why did exactly. you just go off and watch Dreamgirls? I, I couldn't get off the plane, so I had to watch it on the plane. There was nothing I'm looking else. up Dreamgirls, I've never it's seen it. It's awful! Dreamgirls starring Beyonce and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, but I found myself watch it three, watching it three times, and it's one of the worst films. I hated it, it's boring. Blah, blah, you won blah, two Oscars. Oh, did it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I did not like it, yet I've watched it three times, and I can probably remember myself huffing and puffing, like, oh, when will this be over? But even though this film, Molly's Game, is two hours, 20 minutes, I still it still engaged me and sustained my interest for all of that time. Because it's a real story, it's human, it's interesting, 
And even though, obviously, it's, it, you know, it's a new story that hasn't been told, even though she's written a book about it and, you know, obviously a lot of the information must be out there. She must be quite well-known in America, but not so well-known. Yeah, I'd her. never heard of her, Molly Plume. I did look her up on my phone to see if, if Jessica Chastain was a, 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 a fair... Um, Representation of her, and she's quite, she's quite uh, uh, saucy. I'm showing. Oh, I look up on your. Oh yeah. I wonder if every every top she wore, she had her whammers out. <laughs> well, you would though, because I once did a shoot in um, the casino in Leicester Square. Were you were you working in production? I was working. I was doing a thing. Oh, it's the most boring thing. We were filming the World's Backgammon Championships mm-hmm. for like Eurosport Five or something. Yeah, it's like one, two, three, four. I guess it was like the most minority. Like it was between Tiddlywinks and you know All Star Monopoly or something. And it was filmed at a casino in um, Leicester Square, and it was just soul destroying. You go in and there's just you know very thin Russian women walking around giving you drinks and chips, like not potato chips but gambling chips yeah um in very glamorous dresses you know really kind of uh uh just really grumpy and um uh yeah i just found a bit of onion on my top that's Sorry. normal as soon as you come <laughs> into so i should i should <laughs> now clarify that or i made us some um corn onion burgers before oh, we had the, they're amazing not just the, otherwise people are gonna think what was that onion girl you had on the other week <laughs> I just pick up an onion where I go and just rub it myself before I step up the Good door. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. Really good for you, onions. Thanks. Do you know that if you cut, as soon as you cut them up, they attract bacteria. What? So you should never put half onions in your fridge and oh. never leave them out because they're just some sort of magnet for bacteria. Where should you put the onions in your Up arms? your ass. Oh. <laughs> up my ass. Yeah, sure. Well, apart from that last <laughs> bit, that's a genuine fact I saw. So it is, you do get some good information on this. So I interrupt you saying the casinos were grim. Yeah, they were because, you know, we'd go to food, we'd get up, set up, we'd set up really early in the morning. So we'd get there about eight o'clock in the morning. I don't think the casino would open for, like gambling until around midday. I think probably now you can have 24 hour gambling, but at the time I think it's before kind of all the laws had changed. But you'd just see men there queuing up with their sun newspaper waiting to enter this den with no clocks, all the, all the curtains drawn. And it is like that twilight atmosphere, you know, low lighting. And so they just, that's all they do. It's just like going into Ladbrokes on the high street and just standing at a, I don't know, standing at the screen watching your horse racing or doing a slot machine. And they just go and, you know, bet whatever money they have. And it's just really depressing because those women, you know, those glamorous women, they are making them feel like they're important and they're nice. And it is a nice environment. And she says that, doesn't she? She says... Yeah. There was a line in the film which's like, yeah, this is... Because they all fall in love with her, these people. And... Again, that's about addiction and reliance and power, making men feel, in this particular case, at the gambling table, I guess, making them feel like they're important, like they're winners, because it's about their skill and when they're playing poker and it's that competition. And I don't know, I thought that was a really interesting thing and there's not really that many films that give that perspective about power and addiction and... You know, those kind of ups and downs. And I thought we could have gone into that more, really. Do you think? Because I think it was a bit of a, a mix of her story with her dad, the yeah. Olympian thing, the sort of court case, poker itself, and at the end it touched upon that addiction and power. Yeah. And I thought it could have gone into that more. It was difficult when you're trying to tell a story that's uh, based on a novel. Yeah. So it got to be true to that novel. Yeah, because I guess the, the whole... 
the addiction and the power thing for me is is the reflection you know the reflective nature of looking back at her life and her story and the motivation behind what she did and the reason why she was so successful she was so successful because she was stunning and she was really clever and she was she worked out how to how to do it do you know what I mean how to get these men around the table um you know sending out her little calling cards making sure she had players in the game which players were going to perform which kind of function even if they were brilliant or if they were really rubbish at playing uh, and you know she was clever about it wasn't mm. she? she it was very um well thought out so I, yeah i don't know it was a really strong theme for me and i thought oh yeah this is something i've not really seen before in film Oh, uh, I mean, well, I've never seen another film before in my life, so I don't know. <laughs> you were seen Dreamgirls. I seen Dreamgirls. Dream about twelve years ago, and you, wa- you watched this. <laughs> yeah. So in twelve years' time, you went. What are you going to watch another film then? Mm, Mary Poppins. <laughs> Mary Poppins. What a great film to have a look at. <laughs> I mean, because I went to a casino and when I went to Detroit with my friend Lee to go and watch the Detroit Lions play, the only hotels, they're all part of casinos because right, the place yeah. is so shit and run down. Mm. So to stay at this hotel, I went for the first time, I went walking around the casino because we were so scared to go outside because everyone looked like they, looked like they were murderers. <laughs> yes. And you could hear gunfire in the background. <laughs> and the casino was the most depressing place I've been to in my life. Oh. It, was, it, was, it was still smoking indoors was allowed, yeah. so it stank. Yeah. And everyone was just look at the ghosts or zombies. Yeah. Really depressed. Losing yeah. no glamour at all. No. And but all I was the most glamorous thing in it. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But that's the thing. All of their focus and their energy is invested in this awful pursuit of, you know, this this idea of winning. I don't nec- I don't necessarily think it is. That's the difference, actually, isn't it? If you're winning all the time, yay, great, things are brilliant. But if you're losing, you have to win, and that's the problem, because you are losing, and so you're losing all your money, you're losing all of these assets, and you need to keep winning because mm. it's going to destroy your life. So it's really, you know, it's kind of that balance. And I, I thought all the all the characters were really great, all the actors were very good, and I thought that, like, Michael Serra. Sarah, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. He was good, and he plays a different character than he normally plays. Yeah, he doesn't play a nice guy, does he? No, he doesn't play like a doofy... But he still looks 12 years old. He does. He's adorable. He is like the karate kid. He could play the karate kid when about 30. He could, or he could play a cabbage patch kid. How old do you think he is? I want to look him up now. I think he's 32. Good guess. I'm, I would go for about 31. He's got beautiful eyes, beautiful skin. He looks like a cabbage patch kid. Sounds like you want to bone him. <laughs> Well, maybe I do. I'm just going to leave an awkward pause. <laughs> he was born in June, on June 7th, 1988. Oh, so he's boys. 30 years old. Yeah, oh, no, and he's 29 years old. Uh, what prick. Oh. Um, how, how many Vickies would you give it out of ten? Mm. I'm going to give it six Marricks. Between six and seven. I think I'll go towards six. Can I give it a half point? A half no, we don't do that here. Mm. I'm going to give it seven Vickies. That's quite... I thought you'd give it eight. Mm. Well, the length was a problem for me, I think. Maybe I'll give it eight Vickies. Yeah, give it eight. All right, well, um, do you want to say anything else about that thing? I would say, go and, if you've got 18 hours to spend yeah. between when you leave your door and when you get back, then definitely go and see it. It is too long with trailers yeah. and... I mean, I, I, I didn't manage to get through the whole thing about having a wee. No. That's normal never do, for though. me. Yeah, I never do. But, but it was a nice normal. cinema. I really, I did really enjoy it. Um, and I would say go and see it. 
maybe not on the evening, maybe not on a Friday night. Go midweek. Like yeah, it's definitely afternoon. more of a midweek film. Yeah. All right, well, that's that then. Now it's time uh, for this. letter from Simon Iberson or Iberson whichever he wants to be Iberson oh. apologies my stomach's really rumbling I mean, maybe I've, I've got some bacteria in the onions <laughs> that means I'm going to blow on the way home <laughs> well never mind well um, here is the message I watched the film Trolls recently Six Simons but two year old loves it John Cleese does the voice of a baddie why just why? Who gives a shit? Who is it for? No parent is taking their kid to that film on the strength of him, so why not get someone else who's damn sight cheaper? I really don't understand. If it was, say, Rob Brydon or John Coulter, that would make sense. What's going on, Marek? I mean, that, and that was quite aggressive. Wow, yeah, he's really angry not, about not, But I agree with that. When I hear Stephen Fry doing an advert, Ugh. I get really pissed off, or Brian Blessed, I think, you're a millionaire, you're millionaires from adverts. Mm, Brian Blessed. You've employed Brian Blessed to do an advert for And I have Stephen Fry as well. Really? Yeah. How much do they get, can you say? I probably could... Well, I, don't, I probably can't say. Oh, go on. <laughs> no, I probably... I probably is it a lot? Um, more than the average voiceover, So yeah. what is the average voiceover? So an average commercial uh, for promo, for so broadcast... So I should explain, this is when you did when you, your production job. Yeah, so I used to work for a very well-known national broadcaster... <laughs> making promos for international channels. Um, so we would make promos for, yeah, different TV shows that were on air. Um, and an average promo for 30 seconds, we'd pay about £250 for a voiceover. For an hour, though. For an, an hour. hour, yeah. And so they would record probably three scripts for 30, three 30 30-second scripts, those promos. Um, so that's 250 So, yeah. <laughs> Give some of that money to the other actors. Um, well, Simon Emerson continues also I'm currently enjoying the Trolley Christmas special 5% more because you're in it Marek yes Aww. I was I got some acting work over Christmas that was in things that no one watches <laughs> here we go um, here is another message from Tim Mason dear Marek and guest insert name here this is my third time writing in <gasps> with you both being surprised uh, with you both being surprised that a doctor was making contact. Uh, Tim is a doctor. Ooh. Did, did I slag off doctors at the start? No, I didn't. I slagged off lawyers. And, lawyers. Um, doctors are good ones. Yeah, doctors are good. Well done, Tim. Not, uh, yeah, so, third, uh, this is my third time writing in. With, uh, not quite in the Chris Webb territory, but we'll see. Just wanted to recommend a few animations that are currently free on Amazon Prime. Ooh. Have you seen any of them? Song of the Sea is an Irish tale that's Studio Ghibli-esque. Um, your Name, a time-travelling adventure from Japan, uh, now one of the highest-grossing animes of all time, and The Red Turtle, a mystical tale about a man washed up on a desert island, produced in part by Studio Ghibli. Still to watch all of it, but so far it's great. Thanks again for the podcast. Loving your action in... Uh, you're loving your ascent into madness. Best scene for your intros. Oh, keep mm. watching the films. Tim, I have seen Song of the Sea, which is very good. Is it? Yeah, but I haven't got um, Amazon Prime. Have you got it? No, although I should have done because I did a, I should get my student thing, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. I hate Studio Ghibli, all these weird animations. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. I heard about them the other day. What were they doing? I don't know. That's a lovely email from Tim. Which really good recommendations. Yes, well done, Tim, for your recommendations. 
It is nice. <laughs> um. And he's right, you are descending into madness. Well, that's been happening for a long time. Yeah, I guess so. Um, right, and here it is. Oh, you're in luck here. Because we've got another email I'm going to read out. <clears throat> this is from Martin Appleyard. Oh, yeah, I love Martin Appleyard. Do you know who Martin Appleyard it is? No. <laughs> he would run up to Chris Webb in um, the 2017, I think it was, uh, competition <gasps> for who is Film Fantango's greatest fan. Yes. And uh, Martin took the lead, and then Chris Webb came for victory. Oh. But there's some... I mean, as we'll see, there's some ill well, of course, feeling. some nemesis things um, going on. Last week we did Films of the Year. Uh, here we go, here's his, his email. Hello, Mac. Loving the new format, especially when Beth Ainsley is on. She's a keeper. Oh, that's my friend Beth, who did um, the best films last week. I'll oh. get her back. Um, you asked for people to write in their top ten films. Well, I found this impossible, because 2017 has been a big bag of shite for films. Yeah. Get Out was just a Tales of the Unexpected episode with a bigger budget. Mm, I don't know if I... Yeah, well, I think it's overrated. Dunkirk was supposed to be spectacular, but it never looked like there was more than 400,000 soldiers on that beach. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. La La Land was just teeth-gratingly terrible. Mm. The best I can do is a top three. Um, at number three, A Cure for Wellness. Dark castles, weird doctors and a creepy child character are what's not to like. Mm. Two, Train to Busan, a Korean zombie movie in the style of a 70s disaster movie. That is very good. Ooh. One, The Handmaiden, a beautifully crafted money movie, something to look at. Hope you, David Danielle, Baby David, Buddy, all your other guests and the ten listeners, except Chris Webb, <laughs> have a fantastic 2018. Keep watching the films. Thank you, Martin. I'm Yay. glad you're still writing in. That's very nice to hear. Yeah, it, it, it's always nice to um, hear from people. <laughs> well, it's time for this. Film quits. Trivia questions. Facts. Other things. Interesting. Yes. Well, normally, Vicky, we, I've been doing my own quiz Yeah. here. But um, I, well, we have had an email in <gasps> from Christopher Dodd, who has given us a very own new quiz section. Chris Doddy, Doddy. Well, well, I don't know what he likes to be called. Oh. He writes in, oh, hello, hi, Marek, and guests needing the toilet. And always written guests needing the toilet. Do you need to go to the loo? No, I went before I came. Very good. I've put together a Sean Connery quiz for your quiz section with me in person impersonating Sean Connery. <gasps> yes. Attached are five audio files with snort, short snippets of dialogue from Sean Connery films. But can you guess which films? Good luck, and I've written the answer below for you. That's <laughs> what so I let you do is, Have you got IMDb on your phone? Yes. Oh, no, I haven't. Sorry. <laughs> if you want to look up... Have you got the internet? I've got the internet on my phone. If you phone. look up Sean Connery filmography... Yes. Then, then you can you're allowed to look at that. I remember the average score in the quiz is about two to one point five to two. Great, because so I'm not really. Right. I'm not a fan of Sean Connery. Well, this could be difficult. Mm. But I know some of his films. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's about. Yeah. I know three films that he's been in. Yeah. I mean, two of these I don't really. Okay. Here's the first one. Are you ready? Yep. Ready, listeners at home. I love you. It's all my feelings with preparation for me to you. It's like nothing I've ever known. It's unselfish love, grown-up love, 
You know it is. It's mature, absolute, thrilling laugh. That's a really good. Oh. oh, that's a great impression. So, what? What is your first guess? It's very difficult. That one. I mean, I would probably guess that it is. It's probably one of the Bond films. No, it's not because he wouldn't be like that, would he, Mister Bond? Yeah, probably not. Um, I don't know. The Hunt for Red October. No, <laughs> it is the Russia House. Never heard of it. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> here is number two. Should be a bit easier, this one. Okay. When we first met, you felt ill, remember? That wasn't the first time you felt that sensation, was it? Oh, another great impression there, Sean Connery. Yeah. Um, um, Guess anything. Oh, uh, the Untouchables. No, it was Highlander. I was going to say Highlander. Damn it. But maybe bear that other one in mind for a bit, a bit later on. Okay, next one. God uses people like you, Lancelot, because your heart is open. You hold nothing back. You give all of yourself. Lancelot? Yeah, there's a clue. There's oh. the clue. Um... Um, what was Lancelot? He was he was a knight, wasn't he, on the round table? Yes, yeah, so maybe look for his um, filmography. <laughs> was it Dragonheart? Well, it was it bit... First Night? Yes, it oh. was First Night. <laughs> yes. You've got one point, so... Oh, great. Well done, well done. <laughs> OK, on to number four. Here is number four. You want to know how you do it? Here's how. They pull a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital. You send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Oh, that's got to be the Untouchables. Yes, a very famous, very famous... I like that film. Yeah. He, um, isn't Kevin Costner in that? Yes. Yes, Kevin Costner is, yeah. the, um, is, Kevin the, main Costner is the main guy who's really bland. And um, Sean Connery's playing an American guy with a Scottish yes. accent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As usual. But he's That's... supposed to be Scottish. No, he's supposed to be Scottish. Is he? Yeah, I think he's supposed to be Scottish, but his accent's really bad. But it's bad. good, isn't it? That's, they've got, like, a scene on some stairway or something. That, never, like, that is one movie. of the greatest scenes in film, I think. Oh, and that's the one I can remember. I put the, um, with the pram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the Untouchable soundtrack on my iPod and I often play it on the tube. Do you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, weird. <laughs> my stomach keeps making really weird noises. Mm. Um, here is the last the one. The last one, okay. Rule number one never carry a gun. If you carry a gun, you may be tempted to use it. Rule number two never trust a naked woman. Well, I want to say um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, but that'd be wrong, probably. It's up to you. Do you want to say that? Are you going to say that? I mean, well, and I just want to say it because it's, it, I, you know. As an answer, or do you want to say it out loud? I just want to say it out loud. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, I don't know. Hunt for an October, I've already said that. Um, oh, did I say it? Yeah, no. I don't know anymore. Sean Connery. It else. was entrapment. Oh, yeah. Now, is the lady who's married to. Is Catherine Zeta Jones in that? Yes. Of course. Yeah, she's pretty old in that one, I remember. Mm. Um, well, you got two points. Yeah. It's a good score. 
<laughs> it's a good score. Uh, why not? Um, uh, I mean, you can send in your own competitions, uh, quizzes, if you like. Sure. If you want to write in, this is what you do. Go to filmfandango.co.uk, click on the contact button, and write me in a letter. Please do. I need some more letters. And if you want to help this podcast continue by supporting the trips to the cinema and popcorn, a cup of coffee. We had a lobster thermidor, didn't we, dear? We didn't have a lobster thermidor. Um, Please donate on the donate page. For anyone who has, thank you very much. It really means a lot to me and to my family. Well, that's it. That's the podcast. Nice, thank you. Thank, thank you, you very much for having me. Thanks for coming in. Um, what's your... We've got a Twitter thing people can follow you on. I think it's Vixtabooble. How do you spell that? Um, V-I-X-T-A-B-O-O-B-L-E. Oh, super. You'll find you may get between one <laughs> or two followers. <gasps> yes. By accident. Oh, OK. <laughs> I do a lot of retweeting of very funny people. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. That's good. Well, thank you for coming on, Vicky. Thank you so much, Matt Blywood. I've had a lovely time. And remember, everybody, this is when you have to do the catchphrase. What's the catchphrase? Keep watching the films. Okay. And remember, everybody, keep Keep watching watching the the films. films. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.